Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 102 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about making SEO easy with Meg Clark. We have a fantastic discussion about SEO and the things you can do on your website to improve your ranking in Google. She gets into the details of metadata and content and all of the other things you might want to look at. We talk about analytics and the most important thing to consider when you are working on your SEO. And she tells us a little bit about hiring an SEO expert if that's where you're at in your business. Meg Clark is the owner and founder of Clapping Dog Media, where she is a master at growing organic traffic. By using data, proven techniques, and years of experience, Meg and her team help turn web visitors into raving fans that stick around. Meg is a passionate cheerleader for businesses. She teaches entrepreneurs how they can harness the power of Google so that they can make a larger impact on the world. When she is not learning the ins and outs of the latest algorithm update, Meg enjoys playing with her three boys, husband, and golden doodle, and company mascot named Vader. Hi, Meg. Thanks for joining me. Oh, hi, Samantha. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk about SEO today, but first, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do in your business? Sure. So my name is Meg, and I live in Northern Virginia, um, right outside of Washington, D.C., and I am a mom to three boys and a crazy golden doodle named Vader and my husband. We all hang out here in Northern Virginia. And I am the owner and founder of Clapping Dog Media. And it's a really great company where I help um, creative entrepreneurs be found by Google. So I help people make a bigger impact in their lives and in their business by being found by Google. So how did you get started doing this business? Was it something you had done elsewhere or something you kind of stumbled on? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I started out my career as a web designer. I went to school to be a graphic designer and web designer, and I did that for years. Um, I worked in agencies downtown. And then when I had my children, I left the agency work and, and spun up a freelance web design and designs business. It was going great. Everything I worked with um, other women who were... Um, who were in, who were kind of in the same phase of life as me, you know, just people who had a career and then they started a, then they had family and then they were, they were home and they were start, starting a side hustle. And so I started working with these creative entrepreneurs to do websites for them. And once we built the design, one of the biggest challenges that they were running into is they were getting no traffic. And so after three or four websites, um, that I designed, I was like, man, we have got to figure this out. We need to get traffic to your website. And so that is really what spurred me into learning about analytics and SEO and how Google works, that sort of thing. So that's kind of how I got into it. Okay. So for listeners who haven't really heard of SEO or they've heard of it and they 
have stayed away from it because it sounds really intimidating. Can you explain what it is and why it's important for creative entrepreneurs? Sure. So SEO or search engine optimization is really a layer of your marketing. It basically is um, understanding how Google finds and indexes and reads your website. And it is important for creative entrepreneurs and really all businesses because there are over 4 billion Google searches a day. That's so many people searching for you. And people are looking for your business. They are looking for your services. It's so important for you to be found and to be found by the people who need to find you. So if somebody has a website and maybe they've made a little bit of effort for SEO, but they're not really sure how it's doing and if they're showing up, how could they start evaluating that? Oh, that's what, that's a great question. One of my favorite things to do is just Google yourself. Google your name, Google your products, Google your um, business. Just Google. Google yourself and then um, see where you land. See who else is showing up on that search results page and Really, that's a really great way to take a good measurement of your health. Okay, so do you have any like tools that could help in that or things that we should make sure that we're taking a look at when we're doing this? Absolutely. Well, to kind of cheat a little bit, I do have a free audit on my website. So I have a really great tool if you come to my website that we worked on. And if you go to right on my homepage, you can get a really quick instant audit of your website. That's one of the first things I would do. First, I would Google yourself. After I audit myself, then I would go and do my free audit and kind of see where things are, what weaknesses you have, because this will measure your um, content, your speed, your keywords, your linking. It measures all sorts of things. And so it would give you a really good place to get started if you want to dive more into SEO. Perfect. So you mentioned that it evaluates your content. So how do we write good content and kind of plan that out instead of just throwing anything and everything up there. Oh, that's great. You know, I want to kind of back up a little bit. And my main goal for writing good content is to be valuable. Um, I, it is important to note that Google reads, despite um, all of our audio and our video resources out there, Google still reads. So providing quality content is really important. It is the backbone of SEO because that's how Google figures out who you are. So the biggest rule of thumb when you're looking to create content is to ensure that it's valuable to your readers, that you're providing insights and that you are helpful. Because the big idea is we want people to come to your website, to stick around for a long time, and to click on multiple pages. So trying to figure out what that valuable content is, is a little bit unique for every business. It's figuring out what your differentiator is and then writing to that and just providing as much information as you can to benefit your users. Now, once you have um, a plan or a strategy for what you are going to write about, then my biggest recommendation is to make sure that your content is very clear and it's very obvious how you're helping your users. Um, and what I mean by that is to write very clear explanatory titles and headlines in your content. And the reason why is when Google comes to your website, the first thing that they do is they read the title of your site and then it scans the headlines and then it jumps back up and it reads the content. So it's really important 
for you to be very clear in your headlines and in your titles and that it explains what that page is all about. I know a lot of people also ask about the keywords and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're very concerned about making sure that they've got that in their content. And I wondered if you have advice for that or what Google's really looking for when it comes to keywords. That's a great question. So my answer would have been different a little, a couple of years ago. Um, a lot of people have, have this belief or understanding that keywords are gold and that they need to be present multiple places within the website, within the web page, the title, the headlines, the content, so many times in order for Google to associate that keyword with your page or your site. And to a degree, that is true. But we are moving into the era of, of artificial intelligence, and Google is understanding what you are intending. So what you're intending as a content producer, but also what your intention is as the searcher. Because we are moving into a, an audible, a voice search land, Google has to understand what you really mean. And after doing hours and hundreds and hundreds of hours of studies, Google has determined that the way people talk is extremely different than the way that they write. And so Google is trying to merge those two of, well, she said this, but she probably means this. And so what that means for you and your keywords is that we no longer have to worry about keyword density or having a specific keyword show up in your content like verbatim, but we do need to be write very clear content around a topic so that let's just say you are, um, you're writing a blog post on um, gut health. And if you, if it, maybe it's like gluten-free recipes for your gut health, if you want to be ranked for gluten-free gut health, Super. Just as long as you write about it, you don't necessarily have to have those words in the specific order in the titles and the headlines. But if that post is all about delicious foods that you can eat to improve your gut health that are also gluten-free, Google's going to associate those words with your post and they're going to understand the intention um, from both your end and the person who is searching for you. So all of those words to say is that keywords are still very important, but they are not what they used to be a few years ago. Okay. So it sounds like if you really know the subject that you're writing about, it's kind of going to come out naturally in the posts or whatever it is you're putting on your website. That is exactly right. And that hits on something that Google does really care about. And this is something that is um, kind of termed the EAT factor. And it's an acronym that stands for expertise, authority, and trust. And really that is what Google is looking at. That's the metrics that really matter for Google is, are you an expert in what you are talking about? Do you have authority to talk about this? And can people trust you? They seem a little bit elusive, I suppose, when you first hear them, but there is some really, they're, they're very practical and there's some very concrete things that we can do to increase your eat factor. One of those things is having a good business. Good business is good SEO. And so if you have a good site and you have quality content and you provide good services and it's easy for people to navigate and learn more about you and it's easy for people to contact you, that's going to build a lot of trust. 
If you have other websites linking to you or referring to you as an expert in the field, if you're a guest post on other websites, that's going to build up your expertise and your authority as a writer. So your eat factor is really what's more important than your keywords. And it kind of hits on a lot of different marketing and a lot of different way, a lot of different subjects in your business. As I mentioned at the beginning, um, good SEO is just a layer of your marketing and it really kind of bleeds into lots of other ways that we use to build and to promote our businesses. All right. Another question I get asked a lot is about website speed and how fast things load. And I'd love to know how Google looks at that and if you have suggestions on, you know, making some improvements to website speed. Yeah, speed is really important. And we're in a land of or in an era of mobile first indexing, which means that Google looks at your, your mobile site before they look at your, your desktop version of the site. And as you know, we, ha we have no time for slow loading websites, especially when we're on our phone. If we are out and we're looking up a restaurant or we're looking up a gas station or if we're just reading on your, on your, on your phone, if the site is not fast, people leave. And so I, there's a couple of places to test your site. And one of my favorite ones is Google's. It's the Google Insight tool. So you can just Google Google Insights and they will test your site from both a mobile version and a desktop version. And my first recommendation is to read what they say. If they say that your server is slow, um, then I would move hosts. If they say that your images are too big, well, I would optimize them. There's a couple really good plugins that, that will optimize your, your images that are already on your site. One of them is WP Optimize. I would optimize your images. So I would first test your site, test the speed of your site. And I like the Google Insights tool, but there's lots of them out there. And then I would follow their recommendations is what I would do. Do you know what your dream clients see when they come to your website? The only way to figure out how your dream clients are using your website and what makes them leave is to ask them. I've created a special UX test guide that you can get at lemonandthesea.com slash UX test. Inside, you'll learn how to structure a user experience test to get the best results, 18 questions to help you really see your website through their eyes, and my favorite way to find dream clients to help you. You need to look at every stage of your client's journey from landing on your website to completing the final goal through their eyes so that you know what to change right now to start converting more visitors into clients. Get the guide at lemonandthesea.com slash UX test. Another question I get asked because I have a lot of clients who ask me about SEO stuff. What about the metadata and the image names and kind of the behind the scenes stuff of SEO? Sure. Well, it's all important. So our big goal as a website owner or a content marketer is to make sure that who you are and what you want to be found for is obvious. Like I said before, Google reads and they send out these robots or crawlers or spiders to your site. And their whole job is to figure out who you are and what your site is all about so that they can match you with searchers. And so things like metadata, um, and we'll talk about that specifically, and alt tags for your images, and all of these kind of SEO tips and tricks that you hear about are important because that's how Google surmises 
what your site is all about and how they should file you away in their memory so that they know when to pull you out to match searchers. So it's all beneficial to you because it gives you a chance to explain to Google who you are and what you want to be found for. So metadata, as an example, that's often called the snippet or the meta description of your website. And that is that little blurb of content, one or two sentences long, that appear on the search results page when somebody searches. And the big idea behind this is it gives users or readers um, the ability to click through. It's used to entice and to clearly explain what you're all about so that users will click on you once you do, in fact, show up on the search results page. So those are that's really important to do. And I, ne- I would never overlook that because it helps with your click-through rate. Image data is another thing that you had mentioned, Samantha. And these, this is literally is just a quick description of the images or the videos on your website. Um, Because Google reads, it can't see pictures. So it can't look at a picture of a mountain and figure out what that is, especially if the image is called image4565.jpg. You have to tell Google what that image is all about. And so I totally recommend that you give clear names in your images and you write alt tags for them. And this enables Google to understand what the image is all about and how it relates to the content within your blog posts. But also, it helps for Google image search. So if somebody is searching for you or a picture of a mountain, yours will show up in the Google search results and the image results. Okay. So if somebody were a little bit overwhelmed by all of this, what is the one most important thing you would tell someone to focus on when they want to improve their SEO? Oh, I would love everybody to hear this. My biggest tip is to produce content on a regular basis that is high quality and valuable to your users. If you are providing value and writing quality content, the other things are not as important. Um, so hear me when I say that it is so helpful to have good keywords and to write good headlines and to have your titles in place. However, if all of that is in place on a site that produces, um, low quality spammy content, it doesn't really matter. It's all about your quality and proving that you're an expert in your field and that people can trust you and the knowledge that you share. Is there a recommended length for posts like that or how often somebody should be posting? Um, yes, um, and these are loose. There are not any hard and, hard and fast rules. If you understand what Google's, how Google's working and how they're thinking about you, and that is all around helpful, valuable, useful content because we want people to spend time on your website, the longer the blog post, the better. Now, people are not going to read 3,000 word posts that regularly, but if you write 750 to 1,200 words and it's readable and it's punctuated with good visuals and maybe a video if you have one, then that is going to be super valuable for Google because that's going to give them enough words to understand what the post is all about and how to categorize you. Now, 
for frequency, if you are writing really good posts and if you've been around for a while, if your website is established and you have a large archive of posts, then I recommend you can get away with twice a month putting up a quality post. Um, but if you're a new site and you don't have a lot of authority yet and you don't have a large archive of posts, I would recommend writing more frequently. Um, once a week, I think is plenty because that gives that tells Google that you are live and active and you're actively posting on your website. And I think once a week is is helpful for the newer sites that don't have a large archive of content to crawl. All right. So when we are writing something, and you mentioned that there was a video, or for someone who podcasts. Do you still need that many words? How does Google kind of know what you're trying to talk about? So I love that. I And I work with podcasters all the time. So I love promoting each podcast as its own content, as its own blog post, since you've already produced that content. So my recommendation is to put that audio on a, play, on a page, on a blog post page, have a really good title, and then write really in-depth notes about what users can expect from that. It doesn't necessarily need to be a transcription, but again, give people the reason why to click and listen to that podcast. Give people a reason to subscribe. And so if you write good detailed notes, that will do lots of things for you. Number one, it will help your site get found by Google when somebody does a Google search. And then when they click on you, they will listen to the podcast on your page. And that is going to trigger off the dwell time on your site, which means the amount of time that people spend on your site. Um, and that is one of the top three ranking factors for Google. If people are spending a lot of time on reading your pages, and I'm talking more than 30 to 45 seconds, then that's a sign, that's a clear signal to Google that you are writing good content and people are enjoying it because you're spending more time on the page. Let's talk a little bit about analytics. You mentioned that how long people are spending on the website is really important, but what other analytics should we be looking at and how can we approach that with just without feeling really overwhelmed by all of the numbers? Right. And I'm with you. Google Analytics is completely overwhelming and there's a million reports and it's really difficult to understand what really matters. Um, and so I really like to break that down for people and just say, here, check out these three reports. They're the only ones that you need to worry about. And then you can just turn Google Analytics off because it can be so overwhelming. Um, so there's a couple of things that I really, that I like to look at. I like to look at dwell time, which is the amount of time on your page, pages per session. Like are people clicking around? Are, are they having an easy time navigating your website? I like it when there is two plus pages for your pages per session, because that it, again is a real signal to Google that you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about. Now, the other thing that I really is very interesting is to figure out where your people are coming from. And this is a report that you can find under the acquisition menu. And it's right on your left. If you just click on acquisition, it will bring you to the overview. And I love to see where people are coming from. Are they coming from organic search? Or is all of your traffic coming from social? If they're coming from social, just click on that and see, is it Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest? And if you're getting all of your traffic from Instagram, wonderful. That means that you should spend more time on it or continue to do what you're doing. Um, 
I love to use this data as kind of a roadmap for what I should, what's working and what I should be doing in the future. So I, I like to look at dwell time pages per session and I look at the acquisition menu to see where my, the majority of my traffic is coming from. All right. That sounds good. And I think that makes it really easy for people to get a good sense of how their website is doing and maybe what needs to be improved or what they can continue to look at without feeling like they have to dig into every piece of it. That's exactly right. And if you just take those few reports and look at them and put on your strategy mind behind them, it can really help you make your plan moving forward. As an example, I was on the phone yesterday with a client who called me and asked me if they should spend more money on Facebook ads. They weren't sure if they were really benefiting them yet. They could, they were getting a lot of traffic from Facebook, but they couldn't tell if it was worth you know, the ad spend for Facebook. So what I did was I logged into their analytics account. I looked at the acquisition menu and I clicked on social. And there I was able to see where, how much traffic they were actually getting from Facebook. Now they were getting a lot of traffic from Facebook. They were spending a substantial amount of money on ads. But then when I went to go look at the pages per session and dwell time for Facebook, the dwell time was less than 20 seconds and they were, they were only viewing one page. So that told me that people were coming to their site, but they didn't stick around. They didn't really give, it, give the website a chance to teach them anything. They didn't learn from anything. They jumped on the site and then they left. Now, conversely, LinkedIn was their second largest provider of traffic in the social realm. And people from LinkedIn, they spent three and a half minutes on their site and they were looking at more than four pages per session. So my advice to them was, hey, take your ad dollars, don't put it on Facebook, but put it on LinkedIn because the, the client, the traffic that you're getting from LinkedIn is spending more time on your site and it seems to be like it's a better, it seems to be a better audience for you. So that's a really good example of how you can use analytics to make strategic decisions that really do make a difference in your business. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think that's a really good example and it's something that we could all take a look at and kind of say, okay, you know, even if we're not spending money on ads, but if you see where people are coming from, you know where to spend more of your time, which platforms, you know, you can invest more in. That's exactly right. And the data really does give you answers. So that's my biggest recommendation when it comes to analytics is don't be overwhelmed. Let's start with a couple of reports and then implement the ideas and the strategies that we learn from those. Okay. So I wanted to ask about um, different platforms for websites because a lot of people are worried that certain platforms aren't as good for SEO. I've heard that about Squarespace and Wix and different things. So can you tell us how that works and maybe which platforms seem like they're helping the most? Absolutely. Um, and I will, there are no bad platforms for SEO. There are some that are better than others, but if you write, like, if, I'm going to just keep saying the same thing. If you write continually, if you write regularly and it's high quality content, Google will reward you with traffic, whether you're on Wix, Shopify, Squarespace, WordPress, 
the platform is interesting to Google, but it is not a game changer by any means. So if you're on a platform that you're comfortable with and it's serving your business well, there's no need to, to move from it for an SEO reason. Now, there's been a long debate or battle over between Squarespace and WordPress. And I tend to enjoy WordPress better because it does give you more control over the metadata. Now, in December of 2018, Squarespace made a ginormous update to their platform that really gave a lot more control to content providers. Mainly, they allowed, they opened it up so that you could write meta descriptions for individual blog posts. And since Squarespace did that, I would say that Squarespace and WordPress are very, very close. If you are producing high quality content on a regular basis, it makes zero difference in your ranking if you were going to be on Squarespace versus Facebook. Or, I'm sorry, Squarespace versus WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's really good to know because it is a concern that people ask about a lot and a debate that I see people having in Facebook groups and knowing that they are pretty similar and it's more about what you're comfortable with is really helpful for people. It truly is. I have um, many clients who are on Squarespace and I have many clients who are on WordPress and they all rank very well. So with WordPress and the plugins, you do get to tell Google a little bit more about your metadata and a little bit more descriptions. However, if you're a high quality website with a really good business, I, d I don't want you to feel limited by platforms. All right. If somebody doesn't want to do all of this themselves and they want to hire an SEO expert, what should they look for and what advice would you give them? Hmm, that's a really great question. My biggest advice is to work with somebody who it's very clear with what you can expect and literally provides performance reports. There's a lot of SEOs out there who don't show data on a regular basis to their clients. As an SEO consultant, my job is to make it simple for my clients to understand, to see growth, and to give them strategies for improvement. And so I do that by showing them data and, and saying, hey, here's where we are right now, here's our plan for improvement, and then next month we're able to talk about what we did for improvement and see the growth. So one of my, the first questions I would ask is, are you going to be giving regular informative um, reports that don't, you don't need a doctorate to understand? It's really important to make it easy to understand and make it simple strategies for people to take over because not everybody wants to be in the weeds of SEO. People are really busy running their own business and they just need to understand the things that matter. And I think that's really important. So that would be my first advice. Um, and the second thing I would really kind of get in the weeds with of how they do content marketing and their content marketing strategy. Because once kind of the technical things like the, the speed optimization and making sure that the site map and the robot, uh, some of the technical things are in place, the, the bulk of the SEO work is, is really on content and making sure that you're writing for things that people are searching for and you're competitive with your competitors, if you will. So my second question would, would really kind of get in the weeds of how they do content marketing and what's their content strategy look like. Okay. 
So was there anything else we should know about SEO as, you know, an overview, somebody who's getting started with it and wants to make that difference before we get into the action steps? Yeah, you know, I want people to hear that SEO is is not this complicated, intimidating kind of snake oil that it has the reputation, the reputation that it often has. SEO is, like I said, a layer of your marketing and it is only enhanced when you are providing value and being helpful for your users. And so it is something that you can do. It is something that I want you to feel empowered that with a with a, a little bit of training on how to write good headlines and how to do things in your blog post specifically, you really have the power to do. And I, I want people to feel empowered by that and encouraged by that, that it's not something that they have to quote unquote get optimized and then pay every month for the rest of their lives to maintain that SEO authority. But that you as the website owner have the power to to do that yourself um, with a little bit of help at the beginning. That's good to know. And I encourage all of my clients to, you know, jump in there learn a little bit about it. You know, it is not as scary as it seems. And you can, you know, really make a difference in where you're showing up if you are writing the good content and making some of those small changes. That's exactly right. Okay. So can you give three action steps for listeners that want to take what they've learned and do something with it? Sure. So my first thing I would do, it would be to look at your content, look at your archive of blog posts and see if anything needs to be updated. If maybe you can go and redo some headlines or titles to make them more clear. And once you have kind of taken an inventory of your archive, I would see if there would be a way to um, maybe interlink or connect some blog posts together to really hype up that pages per session factor that, that Google does care about. So if you have some related posts, I would make sure that I include them within each post and link them together. So I think that's a really good next step. I would also recommend if you don't spend any time in Google Analytics to look into Google Analytics, see where people are going, see how much time they're spending on your site and see where they're coming from. All right. So we always wrap up with a couple of questions. And the first one is, can you give an example of how serving your clients well has benefited your business? Oh, well, sure. Um, Having integrity and honesty and serving your clients well has led to referrals because especially in the world of SEO where the um, connotation or the understanding is um, kind of like a sleazy used car salesman, if you can run your business well and provide value to your to your customers, they'll tell their friends about it. So referrals have been by and large the biggest benefit of serving clients well. Okay. Next, can you tell me two things that you're loving right now? They can be business or life or both. Gosh, I'm love right now. It's summer. Um, I'm loving summer. I'm loving being outside and going to the pool and having a laid back, more of a laid back schedule. All three of my boys are in school, and I love school. I love it when they're in school because I can be more productive with my business. But having all of those schedules can wear you down after a while. So I'm currently really loving summer and the summer schedule. And this is like total 
geeky, but I am, I'm also on Netflix. I'm binging the great British baking show. I am a late comer to this show, but I really have been enjoying it and we've been watching it late night. So um, the thing that I'm, I, I enjoy is the summer schedule and watching Netflix. So there you go. <laughs> yep. I watched some of that when I was pregnant and it's a good show to have on for kids. You don't have to worry about it and it's pretty entertaining and it always makes me want dessert. <laughs> It always makes me want dessert. That's the problem. But it is really fun. And I really like how like the contestants encourage each other and they help each other. And I just really love it. All right. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? Gosh, um, well, I am looking, even though I just said I love the summer, I'm looking forward to the fall. Um, I have a couple of things up my sleeve. Um, I'm doing more like live webinars and classes just filled with they're short and they're sweet and they're filled with helpful tips that um, people can watch and watch again and again to really provide um, value to their own website. So I've scaled back on my video making over the summer and I'm, I have a big catalog of videos that I'm going to make and post um, in the fall. So I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. And my last question is, where can people find you online? At clappingdogmedia.com is where I hang out. And I'm that's the same handle for my Instagram. I do quite a few stories of behind the scenes and what, what I'm doing at work and then what my kids are up to. So I spend a lot of time on, on Instagram stories. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking through all of this. I know that it is going to be encouraging for people to know that SEO is not as intimidating as they thought it was and to take a couple steps forward in improving their ranking. Yes. Well, thank you. It was just a great, it was great to be here and I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 